Welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about the origin story of High Noon, how it came to be, and why Sammy and I have devoted so much of our time and energy into helping to bring this vision to life. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody, to another hello, episode. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. With it's Sammy a pleasure and myself. To be with you this Say hi to everybody. Morning, Sammy. evening, or, or night, whenever it happens to be that you're listening to this. Slash evening. So we when we record these things, it's nighttime where I am. It's early morning where Sammy is. So somewhere around the equator, it's probably about lunchtime. Welcome wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I hope that you can really take these next few minutes to invest in yourself so that you can better understand the journey that you're on so you can figure out where you're at and how to maneuver best to gain the most possible sexual integrity for this next week. Uh, all these episodes that we record, they're all just little crumb bits on the on on the pathway down just leading you down this trail towards a happier healthier life in respect to sexual integrity sexual sanity heavenly sexuality whatever term you want to use we want to help you really win at sex so that you can understand what are the terms what are your terms and how can you win based on your standards so today we're going to get into the origin story about about High Noon, how it came about, and also how in the world Sammy and I, two oddballs, two wacky quack ducks, ended up on this path yes, sir. fighting for y'alls in the realm of sexuality. Let's so Sammy, are you ready? <laughs> yeah, that was probably the nerdiest <laughs> way of trying to be cool and host a, pod a podcast yeah. episode as I could possibly be. All right. Uh... Yes, 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 sir. Yes, indeed, my my sir. So today, okay, origin stories are always exciting. It's let's call it the prequel. This is Batman Begins of the podcast realm, and we want to talk first about the background of High Noon itself, because High Noon obviously took took a lot to unearth. It didn't just happen. It just didn't fall from the sky like a nice little snowfall. It it was it it was uprooted from the earth, unearthed and forged into the thing that it is today with a lot of effort, a lot of support from yes. people around think, the world. Think uh, we Lord of the Rings, story. Saruman, so Sammy, volcanoes forging iron with lava and making the ring. That's what went into creating High Noon. <laughs> and and if you if you had a life in high school, you can also not use that analogy. Uh, I can never remember any of those people's names. It's too. I don't. I reserve my hardware, my brain, my capacity for just to give you an idea of how each of us spends stuff, our free time. Not, not um, stuff, so. Andrew watches um, skateboard videos on YouTube, and I research magic systems in different universes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! That's only when I'm really struggling. I, I somehow go back to my preteen years, and I just I fly away and I do my nolly threes. Um, so, Sammy, in terms of background, like what 
where did high noon come from? Like, what, what, why, why does it exist? What, why, 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 why? Just a heads up. Next episode is going to be a real treat. Out there, Sam. Um, which we'll explain later. But uh, high noon began as the, like, how to say, the brainchild, or it began, began, it began from the heart of two specific individuals, uh, David and Mitzvah Wolfenberger, who are a couple. A wonderful, one of the most wonderful couples I've personally ever had the pleasure of meeting. They live out in the Seattle, Washington area, about a few hours away from Seattle. And just a lovely family. They've got uh, their own crabbing business, a very successful business. They have seven children. And just one of those rare gems of a family and of a couple that you come across that for somehow are the whole package. They are just a wonderful have an amazing marriage, a wonderful family, uh, financially successful, just two of the kindest, most generous people you'll ever meet. And so this couple, they are coming into the twilight years where they're in their 60s and they've amassed, um, they've done very well financially and, and amassed their personal fortune. And they wanted to turn or and spend that not just to buy other cool stuff or to you know, go on cool trips, but they really wanted to give other people um, amazing marriages and amazing lives as well, specifically um, marriages. They just feel so blessed and fortunate uh, to have been been able to experience um, their relationship as husband and wife and want other couples to have their marriage be the most enriching and uh, important relationship in their life. And so they uh, collected, they amassed some um, remarkable people who are in this in the marriage enrichment, marriage education space, marriage counseling, and they wanted to create this beautiful weekend experience for uh, couples that like a, a retreat that they could host in different parts of the country, invite couples to, and they these couples would have an opportunity to invest in their marriage to learn some communication skills, and just have a wonderful time and really make it a top-notch experience. Like the, the, whole, the, the whole package, you arrive and you each couple has their own room. You go into your room and there's chocolate on the pillows waiting for you and just a real luxury experience, but something that could um, still, be a, still be affordable, affordable for people because you know, there's the, the people that... Um, they wanted to invest in that weren't all able to afford those kinds of experiences. And so they created this kind of program and they subsidized it and they started hosting it in different parts of the country. And it was an amazing, amazing experience for people. It's it saved people on the brink of divorce. It's allowed couples to uh, create a framework for how to grow and systematically invest into a relationship and, and it becoming a more and more enriching part of their lives and is lovely did i miss anything so far andrew yes yeah it was it was their heart was how do we how do we invest how do we give back to our people and their people they felt were people like them other couples but maybe people who didn't have enough time or energy to or know how to reinvest into their marriage so Couples who are doing really well, uh, 
can look out the, at the world mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. and kind of judge people who are not doing well. I find that pretty easy to do myself. I guess I'm pretty judgmental to look at somebody and be like, "Why aren't you more like me?" But instead, they looked out at people who weren't having the same type of loving experience that they were as a couple, and they said, "What can we do to help these people?" And so they felt like giving them a weekend to have some of these people never really had time to even have a honeymoon or that type of feeling. They were just all work all the time with some amazing saints and sages, right? People who had been missionaries and just giving, 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 but never had time to experience love together. They just wanted them to have that love and, and to feel reborn as a couple, to feel like a, a newlywed couple. So yeah. yeah, that was the, the blessed marriage re, re, uh, project in the Energize Retreats. It's to energize, reinvigorate yeah, so, the marriage. Yeah, the Energize Retreat hosted by the Blessed Marriage vitality. Project. These retreats are still ongoing. If you are curious, you can Google Energize Retreats, Blessed Marriage Project, something along those lines, and it'll come up. But why, why do I bring up this story? What's its connection to High Noon and what we're doing? Doing these retreats... They were a couple of years into, so this started either five or six years ago now. And so a couple of years into this, they'd hosted a half dozen retreats at this point and hundreds and hundreds of couples had participated. They'd seen, they, they had a, a proof of concept. It was working and people were responsive. And um, there was one particular retreat in which, uh, okay, let me back up. So one part of the program that it has a makes a huge difference for people is uh, taking time to have like the, the wives time and then the husband's time. And then they sit down in a circle together and, you know, the husbands, just, they share and they talk about the challenges that they, that they face as men and as husbands in their marriages. And the women, I don't, I don't know, I, I suspect that they gather together and complain about their husbands. I, I, that's, <laughs> that's all I can surmise. I, I, no, but I you know, in, all, in all seriousness, then yeah, of course, then the wives, they get together and they talk about the challenges that they face in their marriages. And in this men's talk at one particular retreat, they were sitting down and the topic of pornography came up, which it up, surprisingly up until that point had not really been um, discussed or addressed. Maybe it came up um, once in a while, but at this particular one, someone had the courage to bring it up and that was something that they were struggling with and dealing with in their marriage. And one by one, more and more people started to uh, open up and to confide that, yeah, that that was actually something that they, that was a really tough aspect of their relationship as well, that they didn't want to be dealing with, and with it, you know, that they were seeing how porn was impacting their marriage. And despite that, they were having such a difficult time breaking away from it. And so that was kind of a very serendipitous moment because uh, it really, so Uncle David in particular, um, it really hit him in participating in that and that it wasn't a insular thing where it's just, you know, a person over here and a person over there happened to be dealing with this thing, but it was, it was uh, proliferated throughout so many people's lives and pornography was ever present. And it was something that needed to be addressed specifically. It wasn't something to bring up mm. as a, a sidebar or a, a by the way, but said like, wow, this is Im impacting the majority of people. And if not directly, then at least indirectly. And it's something that we need to know how to address and how to deal with. 
And so it began, it began this, this snowball of, of what's the next step? What's the next step? And going, going down this rabbit hole became, okay, we need to learn about uh, pornography and become more educated on it. So attend, you know, finding out that there's seminars and that there's educational programs and summits, uh, edu- they're talking about the science of uh, pornography addiction and how it affects people's brains, how it affects people's relationships, how pornography impacts society. And so little by little, beginning to learn uh, more about the effect that pornography has. And then the more that we learned, the more shocked that we were about not having any of this knowledge prior. And then we began to talk about that within, um, that became a focus of talking about the, the effects of pornography. And then the next step after that was that uh, people were grateful that we're openly addressing this and providing information on it. Uh, but then always people would turn back to us and they would want, they would want, wonder, uh, do you, can, can you help me? Yeah, this is definitely something I'm, I'm struggling with. I really appreciate you guys sharing honestly about it. Um, I want to, you know, I want to quit, you know, please help me. And we were very, we we're uh, really handcuffed in that regard in that we didn't have the expertise or the experience to actually provide support for people through their recovery process. So then that became the next level of uh, High Noon's snowballs, High Noon's path is, uh, okay, what do we need to learn and um, what do we need to know in order to be effective and in order to help people in the recovery process? And so uh, little by little, this is how High Noon developed, Just, but all started with this initial desire to see happy and vibrant uh, marriages and uh, David and Mitsue Wolfenberger, they really wanted to give back to the people in their community. And like Andrew said, the people that didn't have the opportunity, the time to take to invest into their marriage and experience it as a source of joy and the most wonderful thing in their life. And to have radiant marriages. Blessed marriage project revealed the problem of how widespread pornography was affecting individuals and families and society. We could see it in real time. And so out of that, there is a sense of urgency to create another organization that just dealt specifically with pornography, which in its beginnings was called Pure Mind Online, which is now High Noon, but it started out with a different name. Unfortunately, the initials for Pure Mind Online is PMO. That's the vernacular for porn, masturbation, orgasm, which happens to be the certain circles that we're very intent on uh, interacting with. So that was (laughs) an unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah. It was two on the nose. Two on the nose is two. It was so ironic that it wasn't ironic. It was just poetic. So we changed the name. Um, but basically, you know, the, the the beginnings of High Noon was, and Pure Mind Online, that, that whole thing of fighting pornography was just spread awareness about what pornography is doing, how it's impacting us, letting other people understand what was being understood in, in the Blessed Marriage Project. So it was like, you could experience a room full of other guys confessing 
or talking about their porn problem, and then you'd go home and then nobody's talking about it. So then high noon was, well, let's be the voice for all those empty spaces in conversations where nobody's talking about what everybody's experiencing. So then that's when I came into the picture and started becoming the town crier for High Noon and going around first America, going to as many communities as I could who would let me come in and explaining the problem of porn. And it was really great and really effective, but you know that lasted about a year and that was the foundation to have our first summit. We had a summit in Las Vegas and there was, you know, over 200 people there from a bunch of different, you know, countries, but a lot of people from around America, different backgrounds, different ages, a real diverse group. And it was a deep dive, a weekend deep dive into, you know, porn and sexuality. And from that moment on, you know, we really felt empowered that this this is really striking a nerve because we had people show up and speak openly about this problem and we thought it'd be so much harder than it actually was but in fact there was there was such a high demand for people to address this serious issue openly not not it was like lights were on the entire event people weren't hiding in costumes it was amazing so uh but then we realized the limitations of just focusing on porn you know, sooner or later, when after so many tours and so many interactions, we realize that people don't really have a strong sense of what would be a life without pornography. What would that look like? What would that feel like? And because they didn't know, the best that they could hope for is to live a life without porn instead of a life of fulfillment sexually. So then that's when High Noon really started to turn from still allocating a lot of time and energy to fight pornography, but also more starting to invest into, well, what is heavenly sexuality? What does it look like to have an ideal for your own sexual life? Something that only gets better over time, that feeds your mind, your heart, your spirit, that that feeds your life and that gives to this world rather than something that takes and takes and takes and mm. takes, which is typically a lot of people's experience with sex. So that's where we've been at for the past, you know, year especially. We've been going deeper and deeper and deeper uh, as a high noon. How do we express this ideal? Because it's so much stronger to run towards an angel than to run away from a demon. It's 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 it it pulls you. The vision of something beautiful pulls you. That running away from something pushes you. It's like you got a fire burning mm. your butt. Great, but where are you running to? Yes. Because so, eventually you're going to run out of energy, right? Yeah, that's that's uh, we, so that's been High Noon us. has been yeah. in existence Go for Sammy. three years now and three and a half years or so. And so, uh, it's led us to this point where we the, the natural progression in that process of defining and understanding how to express the this work and these ideas that we have that brings us here to this podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So first thing, like there are other podcasts about porn and we recommend you you listen to those as well. Um, this is not meant to replace anything, but it's really in, in my hopes and my estimation going to strike a note that nobody else is really plucking at. And that is, again, to focus more on the vision of, of 
what sex could be. What, you know, because there's usually an avoidance of talking about sex or there's a justification of talking about the wrong kind of sex, the self-centered kind of sex. So, but what is, what does God and sex look like together? What is that, what does that feel like to have, to have, you know, 80 year old couples talking about what it's like to have sex when you're 80? Like, why not? So long as it's with the right, with the right heart and, and, and it's, you know, learning and it's, we want that kind of thing. But the real essence of this podcast is that we want to convey all of the many evolutions of this conversation that, that we benefit from because we're constantly having conversations with each other, with different people from different walks of life, their opinions about sexuality, and it helps to round out our own viewpoint in such a very nice symmetrical way. Because whenever we're stuck in our viewpoint, since it's our main focus, we can't really move on without considering it deeply or, or talking about it or working through it. So we always end up learning and growing in a very healthy way. But you know, sometimes we find that we're speaking a different language from other people because we're just obsessed about this one area. But we would love to parlay a lot of what we're learning to other people so that you can benefit from it, so that you can take these ideas that we're learning and apply them into your life and like win, like whatever that means to you. But but it to me, it, it it's like, you know, you wake up and you're the type of person that you want to be and mm. that sex, any relationship that you have with sex is only positive. And that when, when, when some street sign comes up and it's some naked woman selling vodka or whatever, that you look at it, you know, and then you feel how, how you choose to feel that you don't like hate yourself for looking at something that somebody else put there, but also that you don't, just absorb it into your mind and into your spirit passively either because it affects you. But to have an opinion and then to, to okay, I just saw that. What am I going to do with that? Well, for me, like personally and Sammy, since we're always talking about it, that stuff doesn't have pull. It doesn't really have draw as much because we're so clear on the type of people we want to be. And we want to pass that off to you for men and women. And of course, Sammy and I, Admittedly, we're Appreciate men, you clarifying right? That, and Andrew. we will we will be interviewing women as well. Our listeners, our listeners have been both. uncertain up until this point. Well, sometimes <laughs> I wonder about. This. <laughs> well, yeah, we don't we don't have those baritone voices, but <clears throat> yeah, we there's there's sometimes a gap between what we know to be true and what the common wisdom is that and and it's. Uh, we want to bridge that gap as much as possible to help evolve this conversation so that all of humanity can catch up with its own potential rather than settling for the dog crap that we're normally fed. Honestly, that's like, that's the level of sexuality that we're given from the mass media from all that is just dog crap. It's, it's manure. It's nonsense. When you experience the opposite of how we're raised in this world, saturated with cheap sex and you experience yeah. the reality of what sex could be, there's no comparison. They're not even the same language. They're not in the same universe. So we want to focus on what is and that, that was other a really universe key point, what you and just how said, to is build that your own space. It's not a morality thing. There. You know, this, this podcast is not about right and wrong. It's about a, a result thing. And just, you know, the clear goal is, okay, I want a awesome, amazing, fulfilling sexual relationship and sex life. And then, so then there's the best practices and there's a process for well, what does that look like? And 
we, we have opinions and, and commentary on the current understanding and view of sex because it's, it's a bunch of turds, like what Andrew was just saying. And it's, it is literally like feeding yourself dog food and expecting to become, look like Hugh Jackman or and it gets super ripped. And it's, it's absurd. And so that's what this is about. And uh, speaking a language, that's a really a good way of putting it that Andrew just uh, mentioned earlier is that um, Andrew and I, we've found that there's a certain way that we talk about this and that is unex- it's not accessible to a lot of other people. And so little did you know, this is actually a language course where we'll be sharing with you the language of high noon and building a framework and a mindset around how to view sexuality, how to relate with it um, uh, in yourself and in other people and how to create as a, as a man to, if you're, if you're single to prepare yourself for a great sex life in the future. And if you're married um, to create a great sexual relationship with your, with your spouse. It's absolutely insane how much we believe something that doesn't even make sense because we've never been granted permission to think about it seriously. So I'm talking about sex, right? Like when we when we think about humanity's relationship with sexuality and you look at uh, all of the confusion, all of the fear and shame and all these negative emotions that are connected to sex and yet we never question it. We just think it's part of the experience. That's only because we've been buying into this ridiculous lie that sex and negativity are are somehow related and they're not it's just the well's been poisoned mm. right and we're what we're what, like i didn't know this my entire life and i've just felt like i i i had been you know i had lost so much because nobody gave me this information i didn't have access to it so i and i know it doesn't matter whether you're religious or not it matters who you're surrounding yourself with, what you're listening to, what type of media you're ingesting, and what type of conversations you're having with your parents. And we did, we don't want this to replace any conversations with your family, with your parents, with your with your friends. We just want to help you inform your journey so that you can choose, you can curate your own life and your own sexual experience. Because if you live life passively, you are heading towards a cliff and you don't even know it. Mm. And that's the way most people are. They're, they're living in a, in a very reckless way with such an important part of their life and they don't really give it consideration because how are you going to? How are you going like, to think about sex in a way other than the way that everybody else talks about it? It's just You just assume that that's the only way to think and feel and talk about sex. We want to give you an entirely different vantage point to totally obstruct nonsense, to put some wrench in your thinking so that you can choose how you want to exist within sexuality. And so the problem with, you know, the secular society is that they're very cavalier with sex and teaching you in public schools about all the mechanics of sex without talking about the repercussions or what's going on inside people. They don't even talk about emotions and sexuality. They never address it. It's a travesty because 
more than anything, we're spiritual beings. We're sentient beings. We feel, we think. And they don't talk about that. They just, you stick this thing in here and then you twist your legs around your head and you, like it's all this stuff about the, the, the external mm. factors. And that's always, if you're living life externals first in any aspect, money, health, any, it doesn't matter. It's you're losing. Internal, our internal world defines how we see and experience life. So let's talk about the internal nature of sexuality so that you can sort through all the concepts that you might have so that you can really make a clear, sober decision about how you want to live and exist in that space. Anything else, you're going to be missing out on. And so it's for people who really want to get the most out of life. That's, that's why I'm here. That's, that's, I want to fight for this because nobody offered me that opportunity before. And so I don't want to tell anybody what to think, but for anybody whose mind is open, I want to give you as much information as possible so that you can make your own decision, mm. but based on information and a balanced opinion. Well put. What about yourself, Samuel? Myself. I want to uh, add one thing to what you said, actually. You mentioned about the secular perspective of sex. It's very mechanical. And... So we, we do this to address that side. But then there's the other side. There's maybe like the spiritual uh, perspective of sex, which is, or the spiritual opinion of sex, which is almost non-existent. It's such a prevalent thing in yeah. religious circles to just not talk about sex. And it's the forbidden fruit, if you will. It's the, it's the worst thing. It's, it's the source. It's sinful. It's very shameful. Right, that's the that's how sex is viewed in the, in in that world, and that's got it's an entirely different set of um, unhealthy repercussions that we want to address that as well, and we want to create a middle ground between these two different camps and the opinions that they have on sexuality. Stop thinking right or wrong. Start thinking. Who is the person that you want to be and what kind of life does that person live, right? And that becomes your own personal right or wrong because then you're, you're doing it from a, a space of power. And, and that, that doesn't mean relativism because that's very popular in today's society, which is like, whatever I feel like, no, what you do impacts everybody in your life that you know. If you're down and depressed, that impacts other people. And so many people, their sexual life causes them to be down and depressed. So actually something that's extremely personal, your sexual life impacts people that you're not even having anything to do with sex. It's just like how sex impacts you is like how it impacts how you show up in this world, how you communicate with people. And porn especially is eroding so many people's belief in themselves and their own ability and their own personal power. We want to talk about that. But conversely, what gives you power is like having autonomy, personal autonomy and authority over yourself, over your sexuality, instead of being a slave to other people's sexuality, which is, you know, when you're playing the porn game, believe it or not, you're somebody else's slave because you're just one click away from being totally out of control. So we want you to be free. We want you to be emancipated from this sexual slavery that's going on well, worldwide and has been going on for thousands of years. Well, that's why my, I guess, anyway. My, <laughs> what drives me is a, is a lot more simplistic. I, I would imagine after hearing that. Thank you, Andrew. For myself, uh, where I'm coming from is 
just personal experience growing up, I struggled so much with porn and I, you know, I went through different phases of feeling really guilty about it and ashamed and then making a very active effort to normalize it and to um, not be ashamed of it and just treat it as a thing that people do. And, but then despite that, seeing how it affected my life, my performance, uh, the things I cared about, my relationships with people. And so I could see that it negatively impacted me. And uh, despite even then that, having such a difficult time quitting and ending my pornography habit, it was as much as I wanted to not, I just felt so compulsively drawn to it. And so it was really, it's something that really chained me down for many, many years. And I was very fortunate to have amazing support from people uh, that allowed me to break away from porn and not have that as a part of my life any longer. And coming out the other side, uh, it's like taking the, you've got the, the filtered goggles on your entire life and then you come out the other end and you see the world and you see life for what it really is and how amazing it is really. And um, especially getting married at that point and seeing how valuable it was to not have a porn habit um, in your marriage and not bringing that into the relationship as well. Because surprise, surprise, marriage in and of itself is really complicated. And there's, and my wife and I, there's a lot of stuff we have to work through. And, and I was always just so grateful how much more complicated it would have been having porn in the mix. And by not having that, we're able to simplify a lot of things. And that really allowed us to work through uh, our relationship rather than this other stuff that was interrupting our relationship. And uh, so I, I just have a lot of compassion for a, a lot of other people out there that um, I know that porn affects a lot of people. And so that was always something close to my heart is when, you know, when I talk with young guys and, you know, they're like talking about their dreams and their excitement for getting preparing for and getting married. And there's something I'd always bring up with them like uh, oh that's all fantastic and you know how are you doing in this area of pornography uh, because I know you know it's something that affects a lot of people and so of course they would share with me yeah I'm kind of struggling with it and I felt very trapped in those moments because the best I could offer was having brought up with them and then just leaving them with yeah you should you should do something about that that's really important and I would just kind of leave them on their way and it was frustrating to not have any solutions to offer because the things that worked for me, I didn't think that that would, that was very um, duplicatable and that it could apply to a lot of people. For me, what it took to get over porn was uh, being crazy in a nutshell. And I just had to totally uh, reorientate my life and do a lot of stuff that I think most people would not be willing to do. Um, like I, I completely disconnected from the internet for like two years straight. I shut down all my social media accounts. I didn't have a smartphone, you know, stuff like that I'm talking about. And so I didn't, besides being extreme, I didn't know what to offer people to deal with their pornography use. And that's how I stumbled on High Noon is that I saw that they're wanting to, that they're talking about this for one, which it was inspiring to me because is. It was something that was never really broached or addressed. And beyond that, that they were actually wanting to offer solutions for people and offer support and then train people to be mentors and to 
uh, be able to help others overcome pornography. And that inspired me very much. And exactly, it was exactly what I was wanting was to have the the know-how and the skill set to be able to support other people in this journey as well. And um, so, yeah, I guess that's that's two things, kind of how I ended up here at High Noon. But also my motivation for doing this is uh, just personal experience, knowing how trapped um, pornography can make you. And despite knowing better and, and everything, you are clear on what you want, uh, just feeling totally controlled by this by this thing. And then in, and the other side is how amazing a relationship with your wife is and um, all these really wonderful things that become available, not just marriage, but in my own personal character development. And also I think in my ability and my confidence and my ability to communicate with other people, all of things, all of these areas were expanded and developed be, uh, by focusing on um, growing into who I needed to be in order to be someone that could quit and overcome pornography and uh, wanting that for other people and wanting that sense of empowerment, that sense of freedom and that ability for me, what's just really key integrity, if I were to put it in a word, but just for a person to be able to look in the mirror, look themselves in the eye and really be proud of who they are and know that they're not holding anything back and there's no there's nothing hidden behind the curtain and then what people see is what they get and you can't fake that i mean cuz when you're looking yourself in the eye you know right? you know how you really are and this this the only person in the world that you can't pretend anything with and that's priceless to be able to have that and uh that's what I want for people. Yeah. So thank you all. Like, you know, with this with this podcast, <clears throat> we want it to be professional, but more than anything, we want it to feel like uh, we're two people that you can reach out to. And we are just initiating the conversation. We're always hoping that you can, can continue the conversation amongst your friends, your peer group, your parents. Uh, and also you can re always reach out to us. You can go to highnoon.org and find our emails there. Um, but take action, you know. Um, take action in terms of forming a vision for yourself, setting standards for yourself, finding accountability, getting somebody in your life who can, you know, you can conf like confide in and confess to that, hey, this is the deepest longing of my heart. Please don't let me cop out on myself by settling for something less and working your butt off to, to get that and to stop, you know, stop doing what everybody else does, which is just, you know, be thoughtless in many ways about sexuality, be very thoughtful and, and heart filled. And, and you'll see that your whole life, your whole existence changes 180 degrees and everything is impacted by your sexuality, every other aspect of your life. So we hope to give you a lot and uh, this is going to be a weekly podcast. So welcome. Welcome to this journey. We're, we're hope If you ever have any questions for us uh, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like us to delve into, you know, contact us. And please rate us and review us on iTunes or wherever you're downloading this. We're trying to make it broadly available. Give us seven stars out of five and give us an amazing glowing review. 
If you hate us, please email us and let us resolve it before you get, you know, into review mode. And we'll we'll send you cookies or something. Maybe not. Maybe virtual cookies. We'll just send you cookies on our website. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, and honestly, we're we're doing this out of the uh, out of the the deepest desire for you to have a fulfilling love life between you yourself between god between all the people that you know and that there's nothing in this world that can hold you back except for yourself so thank you so much sam you got anything to say before we go we will see you next time see you guys